Blog Talk Radio. Yes, the spirit. So, Leslie, are you there? I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Awesome. <laughs> so, we just had a, a little bit of uh, two minutes of technical difficulty, but we are live on the air just the way we're supposed to be on Monday morning. And anyone who's listening in, just welcome, welcome, welcome to say yes to spirit. Ah, with Leslie and Tracy, encouraging you to continue on your spiritual path. So, um, there's a lot going on, and we don't have to, our theme this our theme this week is um, open call, open thoughts, anything spiritual. What is the deal with saying yes to spirit? And so we can go anywhere we need to or want to go in today's call, like what's going on with us. But let's connect back with last week. We had a great show last week. Can we you want to say anything about last week's theme? Was that affirmations? Uh-huh. I'm trying to remember. Yes, indeed. You know, I had um, a friend uh, tell me that she into the uh, archive edition of the affirmation show and that she got a lot out of it and just being reminded something as simple as affirmations and I really that is my whole thing that I think I really am always so um, I don't know grateful for is that really spiritual well-being physical well-being psychological well-being many times it's really very simple little tiny simple things done over and over and over again it's not like i have to do some real extraordinary 
thing to get um, relief or to, you know, have a spiritual practice and the simplicity of an affirmation and doing that repetitively and, and the powerful effects that that, have, that has, you know, I think it's just a cool way to remember that um, it doesn't have to be hard. I tend to make it hard. Yeah, and this morning um, I was having a conversation about an hour ago with a young woman who um, was who I had met before, and she didn't remember my name, and I didn't remember her name either. I only met her once, and I asked her, you know, well, tell me your name. I remember when we met, um, you know, and I reminded her of when we had met, but just asked her her name and she asked me my, and I told her my name and she said um well I'm not going to remember it I'm I'm just so bad at remembering names <laughs> and so it was a great a great way to talk about that uh, affirmations because what I said to her was well um as long as you keep saying that you're affirming that you will never ever be good at remembering names and and she said yeah but you know I I guess you're right. I should stop saying that. Yeah, but I really said, well, <laughs> And so we talked about, you know, reframing that and you know, and ended up with the one that, that works for me so well a uh, dozen years or so ago, which was instead of saying I'm good at remembering names, I started saying it's easy for me to remember names or, you know, I easily... I am easily able to remember names. So it wasn't good or bad. It became easy, where before I thought it was difficult or impossible. Right. So so the wording does matter, and we did talk quite a bit about that last week, that, you know, it doesn't always have to be I am. And that's the easiest, simplest, almost most assured way of getting to, you know, a powerful affirmation to say I am. But, um, you know, I also like putting some energy or emotion into it. Yeah, I like that. And I did think about that later in the week as well. And when I did my uh, little uh, group at the women's jail and we started with affirmation, like, okay, now I want to make a new a new thought. We can have an affirmation that doesn't start with I am. So I did actually put that into practice. And uh, it's very difficult for me to step out of the rigid box that black and white, I am is good, everything else bad. So that was uh, that was very good, very good. <laughs> Great. So anything else on affirmations And before we take a little bit of a 40-second break? I can't think of it, and then we'll come back and do a hodgepodge. Is that uh, I like hodgepodge. Is that a good word? Hodgepodge, we can use that term. We don't hear that term very much in... <laughs> But uh, we'll have a hodgepodge today. Very good. (laughs) Back in 40 seconds.
Welcome back to Say Yes to Spirit with Leslie and Tracy. And uh, today, usually we have a single theme. Today we're just going to kind of see what is up for us around saying yes to spirit and whatever you might want to talk about. If you have dialed in and want to add something, then you'll want to uh, follow the instructions on the screen for uh, raising your hand so we can recognize you, or um, you can dial in at area code 347-850-1523. So, Leslie, one of the things that's up for me is a result of uh, the Sunday talk you and I both heard yesterday about teachers and who are your teachers and being open to being taught, and um, I I thought a lot about, um, you know, where have I learned the spiritual lessons, or not so much where, but, you know, from whom have I learned some of the most important spiritual lessons in my life, and I was surprised that I, you know, once I asked myself that question, name after name after name. I mean, to mind. It wasn't like it wasn't hard to make a list. So, um, you know, so let's talk a little bit about maybe who some of our spiritual teachers have been, or even without naming them, what have been some of the most powerful lessons we have learned from those mentors and teachers. Very good. And you know, um, the Wednesday night series at Center for Spiritual Living that Reverend Petra is doing is about life school, and one of the questions she's posed is, you know, how experiences can be, there can be lessons in experiences. And, um, you know, I think uh, my recent job loss and all of that activity around financial security and societal, you know, the first thing when you meet somebody new, they say, what do you do? (laughs) And I've, I've had to be very creative, you know, trying to pick up things instead of saying nothing, you know. So, um, it's been an interesting experience to uh, to learn, you know, to see a lesson and, you know, to get out of the resentment and the bitterness and then to kind of come out on the other side and to say, man, this is really the best thing ever. And kind of that, the chain of events that, that allow me to see, oh, this experience, you know, has purpose. It's not just the universe trying to, you know, mess with me for no apparent reason. Absolutely. Yeah. But I do think there's a lot of spiritual teachers that, you know, my neighbors are my spiritual teachers a lot of times because they're irritable and their dogs bark and, you know, they don't water the grass or whatever, you know, that I think they should be doing, right? So I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting to me to really kind of broaden that scope. Um, I heard the the same sermon, like you said yesterday, or talk, I guess, message. And... um, I spent years looking for a spiritual teacher. You know, I wanted somebody to come up to me in Denny's and say, I am your guru. You know, go out and stand on your head naked three minutes outside and you'll be awakened. So I really had that kind of concept that I was supposed to have some sort of master teacher kind of relationship with someone that was going to guide me. And um, it took me a long time to understand pretty much. And I think um, Reverend Chris said this at the end, you know, everybody's a teacher and everybody's at the same time. Yeah, that's what happened for me even before she made that comment that I realized, you know, as as my 
mind was starting to think of who have been my spiritual teachers on earth, um, you know, all these people who were not ministers, who were not, you know, leaders of some, you know, ordained or anointed leaders of some specific spiritual path. And and I have, you know, some people like that who would be on my list, but the majority of people who I really, you know, see as the cause of a shift in consciousness or the example, a lot of the people I consider spiritual teachers for me were people who were just living their life, you know, living their human experience in a way that was that was an example, you know, dealing with with challenge. Sometimes it's funny. I I um I sometimes talk about my my dad, and I you know, even have a whole speech and workshop that was developed around the idea of being an everyday hero. And, you know, and lots of people look up to their dads or a father figure in their life for a lot of reasons. And I really didn't have a close relationship with my dad. But when I looked back, really after his death, more so than when he was alive, but when I looked back after his death and and started thinking about so many of the lessons that I got from him by the way he lived his life, about making choices, about being responsible, about finding your own spiritual path and being committed to it, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, he really taught me a lot, not by lecturing to me, not by um, demanding certain things of me, but just by his example. Right. And isn't that interesting that many times it's like in retrospect, and especially I think the difficult things, and I really um, am working on trying to bridge that time or make that time more real time so that when a difficulty arises or someone treats me badly or, you know, I, I, I feel irritated by someone that I kind of try to consciously remind myself there is something here for me, there's something good for me to, you know, glean from this. I think how right. many times you hear that story, oh, after they died, you know, I understand now what mm-hmm. what they were doing or what they meant. Yeah, it's like this is a gift. This is a challenge, and it is a gift to me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Doesn't look yeah. like a gift I want to accept, but I <laughs> have it. So I guess I better get with the program. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the key of you know saying that and then really you know experiencing it that way because I think um, many times you know I can I am really good at saying that perfect thing, but as far as experiencing it, you know, on a feeling level and really buying into what I'm saying, it's uh, funny. I was talking to a friend yesterday, and he's having some challenges with his girlfriend, and and he was on the phone to me, and he was sounding really upbeat and having some solutions and being real thoughtful on what part was his, and he said, man, it sounds like you're doing so good, and he said, yeah, because I'm talking to you from that one voice that's really healthy and knows everything. He goes, I'm not talking about the other nine voices in my head saying this is screwed up and she's an idiot. You know, <laughs> like, that was a real time. You know, he was like really in touch with. You know, there is a. I have a choice. I can go in this other direction, or I can go with. You know, here's my lesson. Here's my part. Here's what I want to do different. So. Mm-hmm. And we so, do kind of um, 
get what we look for. You know what I'm saying? I think if I'm looking for this to be a really difficult thing and I'm never going to, you know, be able to remember names or I'm never going to be able to get through this time or, you know, this is just awful, then it's almost like we delay the message, we delay the lesson. And um, it, it really will continue until we kind of kind of catch on, kind of learn what we need to learn from it. Yeah, there's that, too. (laughs) Oh, you mean I can't just, like, lay down tonight and go to sleep, and when I wake up, it will have gone away? That doesn't work like that, huh? I think it can. I think it can if we've learned our lessons, but maybe not until we do. Yeah. The lessons get louder, I think, if if we don't learn them. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, I think that's really funny. That's true. Though. I remember being in a group therapy session and a therapist talking about how uh, there was one guy in the group that just terrible things kept happening to him. And we were like, gosh, you know, this is just bizarre. How many? And uh, the therapist talked about the idea that some people learn just from a, a very quiet tap on the shoulder or a gentle nudge in one direction. And some people, you know, you have to get out like a cannon and, and keep blowing them away until they learn. And, um, you know, we all really saw that in the group, and it was funny to watch him still kind of, you know, be defiant and kind of saying, no, this is just random and this is screwed up. And so uh, it was really interesting to watch that journey with somebody else, you know, having to get a very loud lesson. Well, you know what's, what's um, ironic I was going to say funny, but it is definitely not fun or funny. (laughs) I really pride myself on, you know, watching for and paying attention to being receptive to the to the um, low heat message. Uh You know, just 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 barely turn the heat on, like when you have an oven, you know, your oven, and you just put it on warm, which is usually less than 200 degrees and you know, it's just enough to keep the food warm, not to keep cooking it, just, you know, keep it warm. And so I, I really, you know, pride myself on, yes, I pay attention to what's going on in my life. So when the oven is just turned on, barely on warm, I feel that heat and go, oh, okay, something for me to pay attention to. Oh, okay, I can take care of that because there is absolutely no reason for me to go up to my life to go up to the equivalent of 400 degrees or 500 degrees, uh-huh. you know, or total explosion. And so, you know, but there are times when, you know, it seems like, okay, I, I'm paying attention and I still don't see what the new direction is, what I'm supposed to be doing or, you know, what is there for me to do in this situation. And um, it's like, and, the, and I can feel the heat go to 300 and then 350 and then 400. And I'm like, you know, so sometimes even when you're paying attention, you still, yeah. you know, get that that really challenging um, experience or, or period in your life. And I guess that's, uh, I'm thinking that's where kind of faith comes in to the extent that you just, we just have to hang on to that idea that, 
there's something here that's going for my good that I can't see, and I'm working double time trying to see it, but, you know, there is there is just time to just hold on to the side. They talk about that in trust steps a lot, you know, just sometimes you just have to hang on to the roller coaster and uh, <laughs> let it take its time, life, for a while. Yeah. Well, and I guess you're right that, that, you know, if we go back and think about the show we did on faith, that... That is what faith is all about, being being so sure that you are moving in the right direction and taking any action you can to mm-hmm. ensure that you keep moving forward, uh, or at least you don't go hopefully backward, um, is what faith and faith and faith in action are all about. Oh, yeah, I like that, faith in action. I actually found a devotion that talks about um, seeing things in real time, what comes first. It's called What Comes First. Right. And uh, let me see if I can get my computer to work. There we go. I could not hear what she was saying, but she was angry, accusatory, and upset. I and saw another woman smiling, talking calmly, and seemingly in a good mood. Today I had the chance to watch two women work with two groups of people practicing a fire drill. The woman who was angry had was not complying with her instructions. The smiling woman had a group cooperating with each other, cooperating with each instruction given. They finished with the drill while the other gal was still screaming. Clearly, the angry woman was the results she wanted. I thought about times in my life when I had been angry, not getting the results I wanted. I wondered if my anger had not pushed my desired result further away from me. I wondered what came first the anger, or the poor results. I have hunched God expresses cooperation, which draws the desired results forward. What I attack seems to only attract more of it. When I stop, smile, and embrace the situation at hand, I seem to move through it more easily. Tonight I realize my yelling does indeed come poor results, I see. Ah, I love that. And what a good remember. And what a good question that is. What comes first? The anger or the poor results? What comes first? The peaceful attitude and the good results. I mean, you know, or am I peaceful because everything's working out and people are doing what I need them and want them to do? Or because the results are bad, that's why I'm angry. I mean, I think a lot of people believe and live their life in a way that they're, they react to whatever's going on around them, and often that's in a negative way, but even when it's in a positive way, it's a reaction to something that's happening outside of them. Yeah. Whereas if we start in peace and say, you know, I am I am peace. No matter what is going on, I am peace or I am joy, then that calms whatever is happening and turns it into the quote unquote successful, effective, peaceful result. Yes, I think that is that's true. But so often in our life we're actually, you know, caught in the reaction instead of the being the catalyst. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And feeling powerlessness, you know, feeling really powerless in that, that, you know, all this is happening to me. Right, instead of for me. 
or by me or as me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is a hard bridge for me still sometime today to understand that, you know, really whatever I am seeing today in my life is an outpicturing of something that, you know, I thought, I felt, I did before today. And um, so a lot of times I just really focused on, okay, I'm planting really good seeds today. So tomorrow, the next week, and next month, I'm going to have quite the garden. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And and sometimes that's the best I can do on a given day with what's going on around me, yes. It's like, okay, I am choosing this because it is the seed for next week. It is the seed for six months from now. It is the seed that is going to become the beautiful flower of my life. Yes. Yeah, I think you're right. Sometimes, some days, it's you need to remember that. So um, in the devotion, that, that line still is capturing me that, you know, what comes first, the anger or the poor results. And we had talked about um, doing a future show at some point about anger. I think that's why that word is is capturing me. Um, uh-huh. Since we're doing since we're doing a hodgepodge show today, I mean we we may still do a full show on anger, but you know the the idea of being angry and being spiritual just have a lot of apparent conflict. I say because that again, so many spiritual and being angry like at the same time. Well, no, just that those two things can they even coexist if you're if you're angry if you're angry, are you spiritual if you're spiritual, how can you be angry i i mean and i oh, i don't okay. I don't have an answer to that, but you know someone who's angry um are they saying yes to spirit? How can you say yes to spirit and be angry at the same time? Can you don't have an answer? Do you have a guess? No. Well, literally, the question just came to mind as I was forming, as as I was saying it. So I've given it absolutely no thought, and I have a yes, you can, and a no, you can't. Like I have the pro and the con. <laughs> I, you know, I have both answers, or both not answers, but kind of reactions from both sides. Because there's a there's kind of this voice in the background of my mind that says. Well, if I'm a very spiritually grounded person and I notice things that are going on in the world that don't seem to be good, you know, that I could be angry about pollution. I could be angry about the the fact that there is you know, oil in the Gulf. I could be angry about racism or discrimination. I could be angry about all of those things because I know they are not the spiritual truth. I know they are not what we could be living if we were in alignment all the time with God. Right. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, if you're really aligned with God, then you just see it all happening, and you see it as those are choices that individuals or groups of human beings are making, and God has given human beings free will. 
And so in that regard, everything is just playing out through the free will, which is the, I'm going to use the word gift, just for lack of a better word off the top of my head, you know, the gift of God that says everyone has free will. So why should I be angry that someone is actually living out their life experience in this way? Well, I... So, no, I don't really have an answer. (laughs) But I think it's an interesting, intriguing even question to ponder. Yes. Yeah, and I tend to be kind of like what I think I heard you say, that there is a bigger part of me that I think looks back on my journey, and I'm less angry now than I was, so I think as, I get more involved in my daily practice and my spiritual program becomes a larger part of my experience moment to moment. I do find that I have less um, seething anger. You know, I mean, I used to to do anger for days. (laughs) You know, I could really stay with it, nurture it. Mm. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I might have a knee-jerk reaction now, an anger kind of reaction that uh, I can usually pretty quickly tone down and say, okay, you know, again, where's the lesson? So I think yeah, that's or, if if I believe, and I I do believe that, um, as a human being, there is a whole range of emotions that I am, that is available to me to use. And if I am, you know, living a full life, that I will experience every emotion at one point, at some point. Some days, many emotions at different points of the day. And so if that's true, too, then it makes me, you know, want to land on, well, every emotion has its purpose. And every emotion, you know, being angry could be the emotion that or the feeling that moves me to take action, to take some important action that I need to take. As long as I don't get stuck in in anger as a way of being, that it's an emotion I feel or, you know, and then I act on, you know, I take some kind of action to move me back toward peace. Right. That's your conscious choice, right? Right. And I, I, I then, yes, I step in. I don't let, I don't let anger control me. I notice it. I say, what's in this anger for me? And now what is mine to do? And then I do what I need to do and move on. Whereas I think in general when we say the word angry or this is an angry person or this is an angry group of people, we describe that as if, you know, that is who they are, not what they're feeling or experiencing right now. It's not a temporary state. It's a primary way of being. It's like this, this like too deep for no, I'm with you. Uh, this phone, you know, I'm on a cell phone because I'm not there with you, so the phone kind of cuts in and out. So I'm I'm with you every other word that I'm catching. I'm thinking you're right. 
I'm really not with you. But it is very deep, and I think it is very so important, and that's another reason I think we have community and we have radio shows like this and we have um, conversations like this is to really ponder those deeper things, to give ourselves insight into the journey because really, you know, I think that's like the life theme, the theme for the Wednesday night series that she has told us, you know, this is a school. Life really, if we look at it that way, there's a lot, there's a lot of information that we um, can look at that there's, we're to learn from, we're to be participating in, we're to talk about and question and think about and not just go through our lives like a robot. Like most of us do. Most yeah, of many of us do. Until something, and, I, and again, I think, uh, you know, tragic events. Uh, we just celebrated, you know, the celebrated, not the right word, but we, you know, marked the uh, anniversary of 9-11 and, um, over the weekend. And that certainly uh, was a horrific event, but it certainly did bring out a lot of community and a lot of love and a lot of um, well-being towards our neighbor and an interest in humanity those first few weeks after that event. Um, you know, there was a huge uh, lesson in that in a way. You know, as a country, we found, you know, that we had kind of forgotten. There were a lot of songs written about how we had kind of been just taking for granted all of these wonderful things that we had in our lives and now suddenly we're just jolted into this Oh my goodness, you know, this could be taken away in a flash. And uh, so many times the lessons come, you know, in a harsh way to kind of wake us up if we are just kind of going through the motions and not really looking at what's going on around us. So I like the deep conversation. Even every third word that I can hear, I think deep conversation is good. Well, I don't... um I don't think there's any better example of good must come of this, you know, than 9-11. You know, that as as horrific as it was, to use your word, um, there there is a long list of good things that have come from it. Not, you know, and that's not saying... We wish it would happen again or something like that needs to happen every, you know, six months. Or It's not to say that, but it is to say that even in the worst thing we can imagine, a 9-11 event or the, the tragic death of, a, of our child or um, being in an accident and being um, hurt, in a way that permanently changes your life. You know, those are things that feel really difficult, challenging, or bad when they happen. And we can still see all of the outpouring of good that comes from it. Yes. And, you know, again, that's a choice, because I had some friends that stayed really stuck in the... uh, you know, and the anger and the bitterness and the, you know, real hatred of 9-11 and never really kind of got into the opportunity to embrace the neighbors and to look at how grateful we are for our freedoms and our life and our way of, you know, living in America. And uh interesting to me uh to watch them, 
you know, not not be able to take that experience. And and you know, those are the things that I worry about because they're going to have something bigger than nine eleven, right? Right? Right. <laughs> if here it goes, the lesson gets the, the, the experience gets louder. I'm thinking, I don't know what's going to happen to you. It's going to be good. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> okay, sorry. <sighs> yeah, well, I'm excited. I don't want to think about that. You want to let go of that for now. Well, I have uh, another topic we can uh, transition to if you would like in order to get off of that one that I uh, can we very much. Can we transition to it after a one-minute break? We can. We should. Much, much good idea, much better idea. Okay, so we'll take a break, and then you can bring us back after the break with a new topic for our HodgePodge Monday. Awesome. Welcome back to Just Say Yes to Spirits. Yes, oh, I'm saying just say yes. I have to get that just out of my head. Say yes to spirit. And that's a much more affirming kind of statement. Say yes to spirit. Encouraging you on your spiritual path. Okay, I don't yeah. really have it. Say, say, say this topic specifically. It's kind of like the idea of, of what is my responsibility to do and when do I need to get out of the way and let God take over, you know, let spirit work through me and then when do I need to, like you said, action. That's why I picked up on that. That's been on my mind the last few days of, um, you know, what action do I, because I can take a lot of action and wear myself out that's going in the complete opposite direction of spirit. Does that make sense? It does make sense, unfortunately. I wish I could say I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no experience with that, Leslie. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, and um, here's a, a devotion that can maybe start us off in talking about that, thinking about that. And I wrote this yesterday, so you can tell that's why it's really uh, very uh, real-time on my mind. And the, the, the title of this was Perfect Timing. Cancellation notice. The words in all red capital letters jumped off the page. I do not open my mail daily, and yesterday I felt the pull to open the stack sticking out of the mailbox. I did not open it. This morning I felt the same pull and grabbed the stack as I got in my car. The letter from my insurance company said I had six days to make a payment. Immediately I thanked God and thanked God and thanked God again. I thought, what if I hadn't opened that letter? I came so close to catastrophe. I have a hunch God knows all things have perfect timing. It seems when I get out of the way, my life does indeed have perfect timing. Later, I realized there was no need for extreme gratitude or reflection of the horrific what-ifs, just a silent acknowledgement that, once again, perfect timing is natural when I am in the flow of life. I have difficulty knowing what is mine to do and what is mine to let go of. 
Years ago, I had an Al-Anon sponsor tell me, you must let go and let God, Leslie, and you must shower. Today, my shower was opening the mail. Perfect timing took care of the rest. Wow. I remember that question. (laughs) Well, I remember when I read that devotion too of um, of of how often we use the word what a or the phrase what a coincidence. Yes. What a coincidence that you just happened to look at that your mail, pick up that stack of mail, and open it that day. You know, what a coincidence that um, you, you know, went home a different way and then later found out there was, you know, a major accident and the freeway was shut down, the, you know, the way you normally go. You know, what a coincidence that you hadn't checked your mail, you know, for a week, and then you go to the mail, and there's a check for you that you had forgotten. You had loaned someone some money, and they sent you, you know, and they didn't even tell you they were sending you your money, but you go, and it was the day, you know, the day that your electricity was going to be shut off. I mean, we say what a coincidence so often when really we got a hunch or we got an intuition or we, you know, There was no accident. Right. And to start acknowledging that and to start noticing, you know, that's the synchronicity of life. And the more we notice it, the more we get in tune with it, then the dance becomes less awkward. The dance becomes more, um, you know, more beautiful, more fluid. Um, but as long as I kind of resist it by saying, oh, man, that was a fluke, or oh, man, that was a coincidence, or, well, thank God nothing, you know, bad happened. I'm sure it'll bad will happen next time, you know. I'll get it the letter two days after. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like all of it comes as a chance to kind of just breathe and get into that relaxation. Because another thing I thought of, because I was so grateful, I was like, oh, you know, thank you, God, thank you. And then later in the day, I was like, you know, that is not what God is looking for, or that is not what I need to be doing to make it some, you know, heroic thing that, you know, the stars aligned and, you know, I read that letter just in time. But to really think of it in terms of, no, that's just, that's a natural pattern. I had, I had six days to, you know, get a hold of them and take care of it. That's more than enough time. So it's like there's nothing to be overly grateful for either. It's, it's an interesting thing just to kind of say, oh, that's how it's supposed to go, just to acknowledge that's. That's how life's supposed to work. Right. Or just to say, oh, yes, that's why I'm so grateful. Yes, one time. Yes. We said 20 times and kissing the ground and doing all the things that I did, right, right? Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. What about the concept, how do you know what is yours to do and what is yours to let go? Do you have any instant wisdom on that? You know, I don't. Um, I, I, I was getting ready to say I struggle with that, but I don't really struggle with it. I, I often use the phrase or often ask the question, 
okay, what is mine to do next? Or what is what is mine to do now? You know, what is mine to do? And I I take that into meditation and or I ask it right before I go to sleep. And, you know, and then that's when we did the show on um on intuition. Intuition. We talked uh-huh. a lot we talked a lot about, you know, listening for just that kind of direction that says, okay, do this now or, you know, take care of that. And so for me, a lot of the what's mine to do, the answer to that question comes from meditation, listening, being receptive in meditation or, um, you know, or an intuitive fit. And that's what, um, the kind of, that's how I know what's mine to do. And a lot of times when I don't have clarity, you know, I'm not real sure. And, and then I just figure, okay, I'm just leaving it, you know, leaving it up to God to, to figure this out, leaving it up to spirit to either tell me what to do next you know, let me know what to do next or, you know, make this go away or heal this or, you know, in whatever way it takes to go to the next level. Yeah, and I love what you said about, though, that you do make, you know, you make a conscious choice to take a or think about it before you go to sleep or uh, you made one other thing, I think, but you 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 make an effort to get into communication, connection, to open up that that um, line of, uh, you know, unseen sight that we all have, that we can, you know, connect with spirit through that, through that intuitive kind of um, part of us that's always there, but you make the effort, you take action to, open it and that's an interesting thing because that's taking action to open the intuition to open the communication link to open yourself up to to hear that's not taking action of you know uh sending out 75 resumes in one day you know maybe i just need to open up to the communication of my intuition and i'll get an intuition of you know here are the four you need to send out today right yeah i like that what what you, what I think about a lot is um, in the context of saying yes to spirit. You know, it, this is a place too where it's sometimes almost too easy to end up doing a spiritual bypass. Well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to wait for God to take care of it. You know, I'm well, going to let go and let God. I don't need to do anything, and you know, I'm just going to. I'm just going to wait. <laughs> I'm yes. just going to hope. I'm just going to wish. I'm just going to pray. And, you know, I'm that's letting go and letting God. Well, I'm not so sure, you know, you're not getting in the way, but you're not doing anything to help the process either. Right. You've heard the, that story about the woman and the flood that died in the flood? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a perfect example mm-hmm. for I don't know, you know, she was in a flood and 
Somebody came at the door and said, there's a flood. Come on, I'm going to rescue you. She said, no, I'm going to let God take care of me. So the flood water started to rise, and she got on the second floor, and the boat came by and said, come on, I'm going to rescue you. And she said, no, God will take care of me. Gets up on the roof. The water's on the roof. The helicopter comes. Come on, we're going to rescue you. No, God will take care of me. Dies, goes to heaven. Ask God what happened. You know, I trusted you to take care of me. He said, I sent three people. So it's a classic but a goodie. Yes, it, it, it always fits. It's always a fitting reminder. So it, now we uh, have ten more minutes. Do you have another topic to, you know, I feel I need to do three topics. I don't know why that is, things in threes. I don't know what that's about, but. For our hodgepodge day, did you have any uh, hot topics in mind? Yes. Uh, well, no, not in mind, but when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was um, death. death. And of co- death. And, of death. course, that would come to mind for me because, as you know, um, I have a friend who who's, um, longtime partner and soulmate died, and today is the uh, celebration of life, celebration of homegoing or funeral or memorial service. And um, and it's just, you know, when someone close to you or someone you know personally dies, I think it, it every time is an opportunity to you know, take a breath and go, what do I really believe about God and how does my connection to spirit either prepare me or or not prepare me to deal with this actual very real cycle of life? Right. And so, you know, maybe the question is, is when you say yes to spirit, uh-huh. How does that help you um, gee, deal with this, not the word? How does that help you understand and respond to death, the, the physical death of family members and friends and people you know and coworkers, people you know and care about? Right. And the question is, how, for those left behind, how, do they, how does their spirit life help or hinder that process? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's an individual, I really think it's, you know, it's an individual answer of, uh, I mean, I remember a few, three years ago when uh, both of my brothers died three years ago and six months apart, and I remember when the first brother died, there were, um, you know, there were dozens and dozens you know, of people who came to be supportive of the family and who participated. He was a, a an instructor at a community college and, um, you know, just lots of students and faculty and staff who had interacted with him over the previous 15 years came out. And when we did the family service, you know, back in Missouri, you know, just dozens of people. But so often people would start with, you know, I'm really sorry for you and I know this must be a, a which which is great and, and I heard that. Or they would say, um, 
this must be such a hard time for you, or I know this is such a hard time for you. And on the one hand, it was a hard time. On the other hand, it was a very joyous time because I found myself really just naturally celebrating all and remembering all the good times we had shared. Right. And I wasn't very focused on, and I wasn't in denial, I just wasn't very focused on the fact that his physical body had died and and I would never, like, be able to touch him physically again or go on vacation with him, you know, meet somewhere and go on vacation. I just was flooded with all of this sense of who he is as a person, who he has been and what's important to him and how much fun we had and when we didn't have fun but we shared passion about things. And so it didn't feel hard for me. It didn't feel like it was a tragedy. Um, so, and I really thought, I people thought, some people thought, oh, you're just trying to be strong for everybody. You need to, you know, you need, you, it's okay for you to, you know, not, not be smiling. And I'm like, I'm smiling because I'm remembering, <laughs> I'm remembering the time we were in Atlanta and we bought, you know, two of the same paintings and didn't know it. Right. You know, so but I really realized the, that it was because of my spiritual belief and my true belief that there's no, you know, there's no birth and there's no death from a soul perspective right. and that the, the time we have in this human body is limited, but it's the relationships and the love and the soul expression that is, you know, there's nothing that can physically break that. And so your spiritual program really worked for you in that time of, you know, real. Uh, right. Without me even realizing it, uh-huh. you know, it just, it, it it was so much of the way I believe that it, yes, it just clicked into, it became the way I expressed myself. And that's not to say I never cried. I did. But right. it wasn't my... It wasn't my constant state of being. Most of the time, I was very joyous to have had, um, I was going to say 63 years with him, but he was older than me, and so... <laughs> I was like, how'd you do that? That was interesting. Right. Uh, I didn't have 63 years with him, but, you know, 50 years with him or 52 years with him, whatever I had had with him at that point, and... You know, it was like, wow, how, you know, how cool is that, that I've shared this life experience, you know, this many years of this life experience with him, and and I, he's now not going to be in any pain. He's now not going to be experiencing any of the, you know, challenges and discomforts that he was experiencing with his human body. So it's like, oh, right. I'm celebrating for him that, He's, you know, free of this limitation, um, you know. I was like, this is a good thing. <laughs> right. But it's interesting. You know, people would almost probably look around in hospice for a lot of years. And, you know, when someone would have that kind of reaction that you had, we would always say, oh, she's in denial. <laughs> oh, it'll hit her a month from now. 
So we almost discount the possibility that someone can have a real tragic event and absolutely stand in the faith of what they know and, you know, have the reaction, have the human, oh, this is sad, I'm going to miss him, but absolutely be the bigger reaction, be he, his body is free of the pain. I know he's, you know, transitioned to a different place that, you know, he can still energetically participate in my life and to really, um, you know, 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 know that, K-N-O-W. Yeah, not just. Yeah, not just say the words because we think those are right. good words to say, right. but to say the words and really, well, and, and yeah, to not even have to say the words to know that the words are true, to live the experience. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's a huge difference. And we discount that. I hate that in a strange way, and I think that's why it's so important to have these conversations, because... So many times when people are really spiritually in tune with life, we and they're crazy. You know, we look at that as odd, and we look at that as not well, and we look at that as denial, and we look at that as, you know, one less. And so uh, I think the conversation really is important to say, you know, absolutely you're going to have the human experience and you're going to feel the, the emotion, but you're not going to get lost in that. That's not going to become who you are. Because who you are is this, you know, very real, very spirit-aligned expression of God. And so, yes, the human experience won't be, um, you know, null and void, but it's certainly not going to be the, the resounding winner of the moment. Correct. Correct, yeah. Well, we, so will, we are uh, wind, winding yeah. down on time. Yes, we are, aren't we? Yes, we and are. Next week is going to be hodgepodge again, or we'll put a topic up on the uh, on the uh, website, the blog. If you're listening, we encourage you to 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 keep up with the different topics and you know to make a comment, to read the comments and people saying things. I think on each individual uh, show, you can leave a comment about. So I would love to hear what people actually have to say about you know what's my responsibility to do and, and when do I let go because. You know, it is all about me, and that's what I'm struggling with now. So I'd like other people's input to just, you know, help me along my way. (laughs) And if people have suggestions for future topics, (laughs) this would be a good time to listen. We have the next four topics uh, defined, but after that we'll be uh, looking for new topics. So they can send that to us in email as well as visit us at GodInMyDay.com or ReclaimJoy.com. Awesome. And Tuesday night, the meditation at 10.30 Central Time, or uh, the archive on that as well. I've had several people give me very positive feedback as they go back into the archives and listen to the meditations when they're doing their meditation because it really is a powerful way to, you know, kind of let you be the timekeeper for them and, and some of the different things you've done with guiding your voice bringing them back to the moment is very useful. Yeah, that's always really encouraging when people say, your voice puts me to sleep. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, I haven't heard that. It was, it was encouraging. That's what I heard, that your voice was encouraging, <laughs> brought them back to the moment. Brought, they didn't say it, it woke them back up. It said it, it, it brought them back to the moment. So. <laughs> well, fabulous. So that is it for today's show and we wish everybody a fabulous, amazing, wonderful week saying yes to spirit.
Indeed. Bye for now. I don't mean to be so uptight, but my heart's been hurt a couple times by a couple guys that didn't treat me right. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. Alexa, play meant to be. Okay. If it's meant to be, it'll be, it'll be. Baby, just let it be. If it's meant to be. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get access to over 50 million songs. Download the Amazon Music app today.